Welcome to the 202020 Mastery Mission, The Stories. In this part two recording, we welcome back our guests to share war stories and bake in the concepts covered in their mastery session. Concepts are great, but everyone loves a story, exclusive to hunters and unicorns. The 202020 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Welcome to Hunters and Unicorns, the 202020 Mastery Mission. In this bonus recording, we welcome back David Boyle to build on your first session with us where you spoke about the, the value framework and the importance of having this, this, this working document and how it's able to really help you propel um, the, these, these amazing kind of strategic transformational deals. So... In, in this bonus session, David, we obviously want you to share a couple of stories where perhaps you've had some amazing success, but also some, some challenges where perhaps you haven't applied the framework. So if you just want to take it away, that would be, uh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, no worries. You know, when I, when I, when I think of the, 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 the value I get, you know, as a seller, it's, 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 a, it's about winning the deal just to begin with. Right. It, it's it's binary. Someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. So without control of of the reasons as to why they would want to buy, it's going to be pretty tough to, to win the deal. So it's about just at first winning the deal. And then, of course, then you can start worrying about, well, have I shown enough value so I can increase the size of the deal? You know, I've not always used the framework. I didn't get introduced to the framework until about 2007 when I was part of the Blade Logic automation team at BMC Software. Dan Fougere, who's my direct leader, and Carlos Delatore, he reported up to him, you know, really kind of educated me on how to use it. And up until that point, you know, I had not always won every deal. But since then, I don't know if I've ever lost a competitive deal. So I can talk to you about what I do to take advantage of it, but ultimately it's about beating the competition. And you beat the competition because you have confirmation and agreement from the customer that the required capabilities necessary to achieve the desired future state are in fact what they plan to buy. This is decision criteria in Medic. And ideally, that set of criteria, the five or six things, not 11, not 14, the five or six, thi- or six things that you are uniquely capable and you can do two or three or four of them that no other vendor can do. And if they can get agreement that yes, that's in fact what they're buying, that's their shopping cart list, the eggs, the milk, the bread, this is what they're buying. If you can get agreement on that, then you're gonna win the deal. The other benefit you get out of it is if you win the deal and they know that you're the only one that can do it, the vendor, other vendors can't do it, then you're able to charge a premium. So for example, I recently closed a large bank in New York when my previous employer at Zscaler. This was a sales cycle that took about 12 months. We had 213 meetings. There were 48 people from the customer side, 17 people from our side, and we applied the framework throughout the entire sales cycle to, to understand the pain in order to build champions, to prescribe a set of required capabilities necessary to drive a pilot plan, a POC test plan that we would win and the competitor would lose, 
and to ultimately be able to drive a large uh, transaction and not really face too much downward pressure from procurement because we were the only vendor capable of fulfilling all of their critically required capabilities. Literally, in the proposal, we would have like, we can do it, they can't do it. We can do it, they can't do it. We can do it, we can do it, we can, they can't do it. Like a matrix for each skew. So there was no ambiguity at all that the other folks could do what we could do, and therefore we could protect ourselves from downward pressure. Ultimately, the deal came out to be about an $8.5 million ARR deal, and I'd venture a guess if, it, if we just did it the old-fashioned way. I don't know if we'd even win, but if we win, we'd probably only do probably about a deal half that size because we couldn't defend our position. So this thing absolutely works if you want to beat the competition and then grow your deal. Amazing. What a story. I'll tell you what, if that doesn't give any validation to the, to the process, then, you know, I don't think anything will. Obviously, hearing that's that that's gone well. Have you got any experiences where it hasn't gone so well? When you look back upon your career and look at a deal where you think to yourself, should I have applied that? I could have had a different desired outcome. Oh, yeah, I do. It was a company, a, a newspaper, very well known newspaper in New York that leans a little to the left. I think people in America know that very famous New York City uh, newspaper company that is in Midtown, New York. Um, yeah, I didn't really use it too well. And I was on a sales call with Carlos Della Torre, my former leader who now went over to MongoDB, took them public, good friend of mine. And I hadn't established a shared hypothesis. I hadn't sat long enough with the technical buyer and the worker bees to get complete alignment on exactly the future state they wanted and the exact requirements they thought were necessary to deliver the future state. And as a result, I was rushing through the sales process and I was able to get a, a meeting with the economic buyer simply by brute force and asking the technical buyer, can we get this meeting? We want to talk. We want to talk. This is a standard process in our playbook where you want to meet the economic buyer prior to doing a proof of concept. You want to pump the brakes and qualify things. Hey, are we wasting time? But we had rushed it. and I didn't have consensus on a shared hypothesis. And we went into the meeting and uh, Carlos, you know, could sense there was some misalignment. I remember him asking if the technical buyer could maybe explain back to him what he thought the value of blade logic was to him and why it was critical that they would get blade logic because Carlos was just curious, yeah, just curious. And uh, the technical buyer really couldn't do a good job. He admitted it. So Carlos just stopped the entire meeting. Said, you know what? We were gonna do the meeting to qualify things and make sure we weren't wasting time. Let's just sit here and explain to you what we do. And he sat there, got on the whiteboard, actually got up and spent time talking about required capabilities necessary to achieve the desired future state and just bake them, made them more fully baked, like loaves of bread. They just needed more time in the oven. And the customer then agreed that they should get together with us one more time to have that pre-POC meeting and to give us more time because he really won them over. So this is a big shout out to Carlos, but I saw it work in, in firsthand that I was rushing things. And uh, afterwards I thought Carlos was gonna, you know, you know what to me, rip me a new one. And, 
He said, you know, Dave, you know, sometimes you just got to slow down in order to speed up. And uh, he gave me this analogy. So, you know, the further you pull back the rock and the slingshot, further the rock will go once you let it go. And you were just rushing too quickly. So slow down, get consensus with your champions on what you're doing together, get agreement on the decision criteria, and then together you present them as a team to leadership. That was one of the great lessons I learned. And I was like in my mid-30s still learning this stuff. You know, it's a game we play and it's a complex game. It takes time to learn. And I was still learning at mid-30s. It's, it's interesting because in your um, in your first session, you spoke about a couple of things that I think kind of tie in with what you've just shared. You, you, you spoke about sometimes there could be kind of communication through through each other you you, you yeah. know you're communicating something it's being received differently they're communicating mm -hmm. something different i think this is a classic example of really ensuring that they are in fact equipped to be able to stand up to the interrogation they're likely to get from their economic buyers right mm -hmm. you know if they're going to stand up and advocate this they need to be able to really preach that so just talk a little bit more about you know that because i think that's really key especially in this example yeah, well, long time ago, John McMahon, I mean, I'm talking early 90s, he was educating me and enabling me saying, you know, someone's going to have to see Pro Engineer five times before they truly understand it. And I was like 22 at the time. I was like, really? Five times they have to see a demo before they understand it? And it was John's point that, like, don't assume people get it and recognize that it, it takes time for people to get it. And that maybe as sellers, maybe because we're non-technical and we fundamentally don't get it, that we think it's just a process. And if we can just speed through the process fast enough, it'll be over and the race is won. Actually, it doesn't work that way. So you have to slow down in order to speed up. And so the framework is just a way, as I said earlier, it's like stepping stones through a garden. It's kind of funny way of expression, but that's essentially what it is. It's, it's guide rails or stepping stones where you systematically take people through it and there's causality this gets me that this gives me that and you sit in it and you make sure that there's alignment obviously there won't be alignment and you need to talk about it you need to sit there and make sure we're cool with it and it's the role of the seller to slow down pump the brakes make sure that everyone is aligned because uh, without that speed break, you're just going to miscommunicate and you're going to miss opportunities. Do you almost have to have this assumption that they don't get it? It's almost this happy years, qualify out type mindset. Yes. Do you think that's really, really applicable in a situation like this? Yep. Yep. You have to assume they don't get it. You, you also, you just, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Is there any way of testing them to, see, to ensure that they do get it? Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah. As simple as that. <laughs> you could yeah. take them through like, Mr. Customer, this is my understanding of your current state. This is my understanding of your negative consequences. Could you elaborate or amend? Am I wrong? Am I too far on, on a limb here? What do you say, Mr. Customer? And just listen. You sit in it. Okay, rearrange it. It wasn't those three. There's actually two. And the first one's more important than the second one. Just sit in it and you document it. And you go, tell me more. Why is that important? And you're documenting and you're, you're capturing. You're essentially the scribe as you capture a shared hypothesis. And then you, you go forward and say, well, this is what the future state would be like. Would that be good? Well, here are the benefits we typically see. Or we're, would you recategorize it? And you sit in it.
And then of course, which is very important, you get to sit into the required capabilities. These are the three or four things we think you need. We want to talk to you about them, but why you need these three things to get to the future state. And that's where you got to really sit. And it might take three or four or 15 meetings until they fully grasp what those four or five critical things are and why it's important. They might have to see a full demo just on one of them. But you need to get that hook set. They need to be aligned with you or you're just not going to build champions. So are there examples where you've kind of sat in there and been really impressed with, you know, potential, you know, champions really kind of advocating this where you thought, wow, I've put the effort in to really enable this person to understand it and they're just you know, nailing it. What, you know, talk, talk, us, talk us through that. Wow. Yeah, that's a great question. So, yeah, that's what you want. You want to enable these people to advocate for you. So what's a champion? Right. What does Met, what does medic tell us? A champion is two things, right? They have influence and they're willing to sell for us when we're not there. That might mean getting us access to the EB, but it, fundamentally, it's about influence and willing to sell for us. So you have to enable these people to be these advocates, right? A great way for them to be an advocate. You can see them in what we call the go no go meeting. This is the meeting with the economic buyer prior to doing a proof of concept or a, or a pilot or some type of technical validation where you are actually sharing with the economic buyer, that's the person with discretionary use of funds, according to Medic, right? The, why they should do anything, why they should do it now, right? What is this POC about? Does it make sense? Do they agree that we should be spending time together? This is a great opportunity for that advocate, that technical buyer to have a speaking role. Maybe they can take part of the value framework because they've practiced it with you, because you helped prepare the deck with them prior, that maybe they're gonna to talk to their boss about what they think the required capabilities are, or what they think the pain is, right? You give them a speaking role for them to get up and, and share while you're actually next to them. Maybe again, you do a POV, a successful pilot or something, and you're, you're doing a road show, or you're showing it back to the economic buyer. Hey, look what we did the last three weeks after we met you. Right. Great opportunity for this technical buyer, this advocate of yours to get back up and to share with them along the value framework messaging what we've done together, why it's important, what makes your company unique. Those are just two examples of where you can sell together. But I tell you, this technical buyer or these technical advocates of yours will be using this document to maybe educate folks. They send them or send it around internally. They have their own conversations. And you know they're just staying on message because you've given them something. Or maybe they've asked specifically, hey, give me that deck. I need that deck. And they might take a page from the deck or two pages from the deck just to help them sell internally. You know, David, it's been great spending time with you again. Obviously, in the first recording, we heard a lot of the concepts. But I think, you know, listening to the story, it really helps us kind of bake in and crystallize just how impactful this is and you know you're 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 a, you're a big advocate for for this for this framework and this and this playbook but you're also a evidence of just how powerful this is um, and you know and by your own admission perhaps you're not the most technical salesperson in the world but the, the important thing is is that you get value you understand how to really position this and you know you've been able to sell some of the largest most transformational deals for all of the customers for, sorry for all the all the technology companies you've worked for and i think this these stories really help to 
to kind of demonstrate just how this how this kind of manifests so again thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and uh, sharing your stories my pleasure guys you know i just want to help out and i think particularly for the younger reps or reps that don't use this yeah, I just want to help them. And I think if they can go work for a company that kind of advocates this or push this type of selling, that's what they should be doing because it does work. And particularly for the folks that have less experience, it's like a crutch or something they can fall back on. Uh, it really does work. Amazing. Thank you again, David. Really do appreciate it. And I'm sure it will have a huge impact on those individuals. But again, for all our listeners, and our viewers, please do like, share and subscribe to all of our channels, iTunes, Spotify and YouTube. All the links are in the description below. And we really appreciate again tuning in and listening to us today. And thanks again, David, for joining us and sharing in that amazing wisdom. Have you enjoyed the session today? Please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content. Are you on the mission? Click subscribe so you don't miss out. The 202020 Mastery Mission, The Stories, are brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out so muchsoap.com for more information.